Hi, and welcome to Foreign Comics Calling, the podcast for all things foreign comics related. I'm Ken, and on behalf of my co-hosts, Eric, Matt, and Stephen, we'd like to welcome you to another Effulgent episode. Effulgent. Where's my dictionary? Where's my dictionary? Effulgent. E-double-F-U-L-G-E-N-T. That's a good one. I don't know that one. I got it's a new one all over. It's a new one to me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, good to good to cool. reconnect with you guys. It's been a minute. It's been uh, several weeks since we've recorded, uh, um, which which is okay. It's good to you know take a breather. You know, uh, we got a lot of ground to cover. Obviously, in the foreign foreign comics uh, realm, we have a few topics to hit on today. A few listener questions. Um, just a just a word of housekeeping. I did want to make mention. Um, you can find us on iTunes, on Spotify, uh, wherever you find us, leave a rating, a review. Um, we appreciate that. We're obviously commercial free. And I wanted to kind of make mention of we use Anchor, um, anchor.fm. And and they're this they're this really great uh, platform that sort of democratizes information. There's a there's a thing in the podcasting world going on right now with the last podcast on the left going behind a paywall on Spotify and they kind of kicked off a bunch of music podcasts. So hmm. uh, Anchor.fm is 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 gaining some traction, and it's 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 truly appreciated because you know as time moves forward, you know there are these massive multinational media corporations, Time Warner, Viacom, that owns everything, right? So it's yeah. good to have an outlet like Anchor.fm that that gives you know just regular yahoo is like the four of us you know an opportunity to put out our niche content right and commercial yeah. free, so, you yeah. know much appreciation for for anchor you know there's some there's some limitations on the application but uh i mean so far so good we you know we appreciate them i'm sure i speak for you guys as well right oh yeah De- yep. definitely yep. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. limitations so, being the, the major buzzword for anchor but uh you know it, it does work after a little bit of little tweaking here and there yeah, uh, you know, and we can manage to get a podcast episode out to you guys when we can, when we're all four of us are basically in the same um, digital room together. And yeah, An- Anchor does it, you know. Yeah, we want to pay the man, which is good. Indeed, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, so I got a bunch of listener questions, but before we get to those, I'll probably kind of save those to the end. Um, Matt, you had a, a note that you wanted to uh, get into, kind of a sweeping kind of umbrella type of, co- of topic so let me just let me just yeah put it to the group uh this is the question and i will i will put it to you guys to answer what is a foreign collector matt uh yeah this is a this is an interesting question and it uh, uh i'd like to call out one of our listeners and one of the guys from the group uh morton thompson he he made a post in the group and basically asking this question uh, concerning Norwegian collectors. And he, he is not the first person to ask this question. Um, a lot of people have gone in and say, well, am I a foreign collector if I do this or if I do that? And I wrote this big, long thing and I, and, and I thought about it. I was like, wait, I think this, this, this question is going to be different for everybody. Yes. And, and I'd like to, and I would like to also state that it's, by no means is any one person's answer to this wrong or right or whatever. In our group, we welcome everybody. The, the only rule is no American comics. But if you're, you know, if you consider yourself a foreign collector, 
that's all that matters, really. Um, but my opinion on this has always been also related to the word foreign. Now, there are those guys that have been doing this for a while that have always preferred international. Um, so it's like, well, I'm an, I collect international editions. I don't like the word foreign. I think it's negative. I don't, I don't know what you guys think on that, but uh, that's a good place to start. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's negative. I've looked at you know, multiple dictionary references. It basically means if something is foreign, it's foreign to you. That doesn't mean that it's negative or bad. What do you guys think on that? No, I agree with that personally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but I can understand. You know, so, I can understand uh, their point of view coming from from that because um, each country has has had different limitations. Is that the right word? So foreign can be connotated differently. Does that make yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it could, it could, it could maybe be negative to, Indeed. depending on what country you're at or or your experience. Um, you know, especially dealing right now with like in Europe with the the massive amounts of Muslim uh, Muslim immigration that happened that is happening there, and you 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 see it like in the media. You see people say foreigners, yeah, the... like foreigners, and we deal with that in our own country, right, guys? Indeed. We're dealing with that whole oh, thing yeah. too. Yeah, that's um, nothing. That's nothing new. That's just uh, that's a that's a worldview, right? And I see, you know, I I can see the negative connotation if if that's what you're inclined to think in a way. But uh, for me, yeah. I find it an exciting term. Like, oh wow, this is a new to me thing. Like, I want to learn that. Like, that's the spice of life, right? That's, you know, yeah. I I, oh, I, I don't see yeah. as a negative thing. I see it just the opposite. I see it as a uh, something to be discovered. I agree. Yeah. Well put, Eric. Yeah. Well put, Eric. I agree. That's exactly. Whereas I think international works too. I have no problem with people saying I collect international editions. It works. Yeah. I just don't think I don't think that that adjective describes necessarily what we're doing. Now, okay, so <clears throat> is is someone a foreign collector if they collect their own books? and American books. Now, I know um, uh, some people might disagree with me, but I've always believed that the American books are sort of off the table because there's no risk. There's not really a lot of risk there. Any, any information you need is going to be there. It's almost like because the Amer some of the American books are like this overarching top. And it's not that they're that I classify the American book as better. I you guys know I clearly don't. Mm. But if you're if you're trying to pick up an American book, even if you're in a foreign country, it's still so very simple. It really is just again a matter of money. So the way I've always thought it was this. This is my classification. A foreign collector is someone that collects books either in a different language, either in a different country from their own or, or, or even you could even say culturally, like you could, you could throw in maybe like some of the, the local indigenous Indian books. But the difference is if you're a, if you're a foreigner and, and let's say all you collect are, let's say you're from Norway. So to answer Morton's question, you're from Norway, you have your Norwegian local indigenous stuff and you have American books. Are you a foreign collector? I don't think so necessarily in my classification because you're still doing things very easy. It's still, it's still very simple. You're still not going outside 
of your comfort zone. You know, it's like what we say all the time. In order to be a foreign collector, you've got to have balls, right? Mm-hmm. You've got to have some balls. You've got to buy books that there is no price guide for. You've you, 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 you got to buy books <clears throat> using uh, systems and uh, auction sites that you're not used to. You've got, you got to do all of that. Um, now, that being said, like take someone like Franco Cudios, for example, the super collector out of Peru. Some people might argue, they would say, well, he only collects Spanish books, even though they're away from Peru, he collects Spanish books from all over. I still think because they're of different countries and some of those, those books down there are so extremely difficult to get and source. Yeah, he is a foreign collector, right? Um, that all being said, if you are a Norwegian, but all you collect are Norwegian books, then in a sense, you are just doing what Americans do in your own local country, in own local indigenous language. So you're not going outside of the box. So in that way, mm. you're kind of not a foreign this is Does that make sense, guys? Yep. Well, I think yeah. I agree on that spot on. Um, yeah, yeah, you know what? I see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slightly disagree. Because if you're the, just the word foreign as we defined it, if you're Norwegian and you're buying American books, the American books are foreign to you, right? So if you're if you're buying like if you're an Australian collector, right, and you mm-hmm. collected, think of something that has like a a real finite run, like uh, you know, like those federal books, like Daredevil has a real limited run, or the Fantastic Four ones, or something, right? Like if that's what mm-hmm. you collect, if that's what you grew up on, and you collected those, and then like holy shit, you see the American run of Fantastic Four, they're foreign to you, and then you're yeah. going to collect them. Right. Yeah, you see, I see that as a, as a lovely yeah, gray. Yeah, I, I, I see that too. It is, it is a little gray. But see, the thing about Australia is they had – this is where you get into that interesting part. Why I kind of don't see it is because you had instances where American books were on the stands and they would have been they, similar they, times. They would have been foreign. They were imports. Like in the U.S., we can buy magazines from the U.K. They're still foreign, even though they're sold in my newsstand, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I, 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 I see it, but yeah, that's one area where I think mm-hmm. for me, I it's still too easy. The American books were still too easy. Yeah, they're not risky. Uh, yeah, I, I seen it. So yeah, that could be argued. You could argue it either way. Let's argue yeah. it. Let's go. Me and you, cage match. No, I've <laughs> <laughs> well, made a few notes, and I've got to say right here that. Uh, my and nothing that I say ever in my life is set in stone. I can easily be like the shifting sands. So what I think today, I might not think the same in six months' time. But at the moment, the way I look at it is purely from the Norwegian perspective at the moment. So this is all gauged in Norwegian, if you're in Norway. Mm-hmm. If a Norwegian collector only collects Norwegian books, then he's not a foreign collector. He's a native language one. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, now with that in mind... Anyone that collects comics from outside their native tongue and territory is a foreign collector because it's outside the language they speak and away from where they live. Okay? Yeah. But if a collector from Norway or any other non-American country purchases American books, then they are a foreign collector. It's English. It's not their native language, and America isn't their native land. See, that's the way I see it at the moment, and believe me, those things Mm -hmm. aren't set in stone, but that's kind of how I see it from a a non-difficult way of collecting foreign comic books i'm thinking of it purely as language and territory and, yeah and like yeah. you yeah. know the australian books when they're english language that's the gray area because obviously it's outside of the country but it's and it's 
it is outside the language. So it is a kind of grey area for me. But yeah. it is foreign, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it is foreign. It is a foreign. It is a foreign, it is, foreign, they're foreign publishers. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I, I agree with your definitions, Ken. I think they're great. And that gets into another point that I think Matt wanted to talk about. And I think that's that's uh, tempering your your definition of it, Matt, to an extent, which is yeah. you know, maybe intensity or focus, I guess, is the word you like to use. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Focus. Um, you know, so, okay. So we could break this down even further, right? So you could say, is, is someone a foreign collector because they have a few foreign books too? You know, how many Americans have a few one or two odd foreign books in their collections, but they're not really focused on it. So you could almost right. say with the classification, there's a gray area there too. Yeah, you have people yeah. that might, you know, you'd have people that might have a few foreign books in their collection, but there's, there's, there's really no big focus on it and they're not connected to the community. Are they a foreign collector? Uh, I think you could, you could debate that. You see, this is where um, I kind of consider where the international epitaph might come in rather than the foreign because they're just getting yeah. books worldwide a, a little bit here and there, but they're not like focused on foreign comic collecting. They just like a few books from certain other areas. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I say, so it, it could be wrong my thinking. But... And, and, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about as well with you guys was, okay, so we've all been doing the foreign thing for a while. Do you find yourself having this kind of creep where, all, like for me, I've been buying horror books lately yeah, or, yeah. Um, you know, just kind of, because the foreign, the foreign collecting world encompasses so many things. You could be obsessed with bootlegs or you could, you could be just a set builder or you could, you know, just into the non-canon stuff or, you know, or the horror stuff. Um, what do you guys see yourselves doing when you start to fall outside of your focus? Do you, do you rein it back in? Do you, do you stop and go, oh, shit, you know, what am I doing here? Or... <laughs> <laughs> or, or for instance, like Brian, uh, Brian Rickard, he, you, as you guys saw, like uh, he had amassed a whole bunch of stuff that wasn't within his focus, mm. within the FF focus that he has. Mm. And he was like, I'm just getting rid of stuff, guys. And he was selling stuff in bulk almost. Yeah. Um, how do you guys, what do you guys think about that? How are you, how are you navigating that? Well, uh, I, 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 you know, I, I have focuses myself. I'll have certain things that I do focus on, you know, whether it's like Marvel 25th anniversary border covers or mm-hmm. certain horror issues like DC mystery format horror issues or whatever in other countries and stuff. But for me, and, I, and I've always been this way, it's, it's just whatever strikes me, mm. you know? I mean, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be within a specific focus that I'm after. I can be browsing through some stuff and I'll see something and be like, holy crap that looks amazing that's awesome i'm not even into this but that just looks so freaking cool yeah and you know and and i'll go for it you know because for me it's it's just whatever strikes me and and hits me as interesting and then sometimes by being open-minded that way i find new focuses yeah i think so you're real open to it i'm open so by allowing myself to be open to just whatever strikes me it allows me to be able to continue that that foreign sickness, I guess we can call it, by <laughs> by finding new sicknesses, new focuses, you know, new things to go after. Yeah. So that's, that I kind of keep myself open to that. Yeah, uh, that's that's cool. I think it makes you um, appreciate 
what we're doing, even more the medium of it. It makes you love the comics even more. But if you find a few more other things outside your normal focus, you know, you start to get excited again. At least that, that's mm-hmm. certainly the thing for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I just start getting massively into like the Alan Class comics from the UK. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You've been hitting that hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I set myself a personal goal. I'm going to get the lot. Uh, by, you know, by setting that little goal, that means I'm going to have to collect some titles that I never would have previously. Such yeah. as, and you're having to put cap on the back burner. Exactly. Though, well, yeah, yeah. But I've I've done a lot of cap. Admittedly, I've done a lot of cap. But now, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to... you're the king of cap, you. foreign cap. <laughs> but now, I'm by necessity, I'm having to. Um, not that I'm hating it, I'm loving it. The uh, Fantastic Four appearances in Creepy Worlds. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And those yeah, are those are cool. amazing. Those are big money books. But it is what it is. Yeah. Because I, you know, I want the classes. The, the FFs have got to be in there because they're part of the Creepy World series. Got to have them. Yeah. Got to have them. But it's making me appreciate the love for this medium even more. That's, yeah, I, I, that's cool. Yeah. And there's there's also um, one thing for me on that is I try to be mindful of a budget, right? So there are certain sets that I won't even touch because I know how deep the rabbit hole goes and how much it's probably going to cost in total, right? So I don't bother. Yeah. Right. I you know, I don't yeah. touch like you know, like Hulk one eighty ones, I don't touch those because yeah. Yeah. I know that's gonna cost a pretty penny, right? Over time. Um I did just happen to pick one up, so disregard what I said. But um, you know, <laughs> generally speaking, like some of those books are then gateway books, right? So like yeah. you just said about Alan Class and Matt, you said about the horror books, like you, if you pick up one then you're like, you know, you sort of stepped into that new. It's realm almost like <laughs> like Pokemon, isn't it? You've got to catch them all. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, well, yeah, like, yeah. I, and and I'll give you an example. For me, I'm building that Spawn Nine Angela set, right? Mm. The shipping is killing me right now. The shipping is fucking outrageous, guys. <laughs> and I'm spending, and you know, that's one of those instant. Well, that's one of those books where, <clears throat> you know, it's it's not necessarily a, a high dollar book the foreign editions of that book, maybe some of the really rare ones like the Filipino, but a lot of them aren't necessarily outrageous, but the shipping, when the shipping's more than the book, mm. like getting stuff out of South Africa, <laughs> it's like $45 for one book. Right. So the shipping's killing me. And, and so um, as a collector, I'm going, do I really love this Angela nine set? Am I, am I really dedicated to building this thing out? Cause it's going to cost me a fortune in shipping when there's this amazing Brazilian stuff that Edwino has been putting on, you know, there's all this amazing stuff and I'm spending, you know, so for me, that kind of focus creep where I'm, I'm starting to get really interested in a lot of this, uh, a lot of this older golden age Brazilian. And it's forcing me to have to look at it and go, okay, I've stepped this far into the spawn nine Angela set. I'm going to keep throwing money at it to complete it or, Mm-hmm. Should I stop and 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 move away? So, you know, but you know the answer to that. Um, yeah, it's in, in the comic collecting hobby. It's very easy to burn out. Um, yeah, you can very easily get burnt out. So I I think it's good, even though it's good to have focuses. It's good to have those things you're after and the things that you pay special attention to or try to put together. But I think having that openness to an appreciation for for just the comics and the foreign comics, especially in general, allows you to be able yeah. to be open-minded to see things and and appreciate other things. And and like I say, whatever something may strike you, being open-minded to saying, "Hey, that's pretty cool. Let me see what else is out there. Let me see what else might go into that." And then start saying, "Hey, you know, 
because every time you find, I know like as an American collector, you know, I started getting burning out with American books. So getting into foreign mm. uh, inspired me more, you know? Yeah. So yeah. even within the foreign comic collecting, you can continue that. So when you get to that point where you start feeling like, oh, I've been doing this and this, and but, you, but if you let yourself be open-minded about what it is you're looking at and searching and, and browsing around for, you can find those new inspirations, those new focuses, those new things. And by spreading that out a little bit, it, it helps you to continue to appreciate the focuses you have as well as yeah. the new things that you're trying to look into. Yeah, yeah. So, so what you're saying, Stephen, is it's, it's don't look at it as a negative. Look at it as a rejuvenation. Yes, right. I agree with that. When, when um, yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I totally agree. I, I, I need to change my mind thinking around it. Um, but one of the things, you know, to speak to what you said, Stephen, about burnout, back early on, I know we talk, we, we drop Hector's name all the time, um, but Hector, you know, is one of the fathers of this style of collecting. He told, he was telling a lot of us newer guys, he was like, okay, you're going crazy. You're buying everything. You're almost unfocused. Right. Mm-hmm. And he was like, his advice was slow down, enjoy what you're doing because this, because this style of collecting is kind of hard. Because it is not easy, as easy as going to eBay. And when you're building a set, the amount of effort, like, uh, I'm going to call another guy out, like Robert just finished uh, the She-Hulk set, the She-Hulk one mm. set that we know of, all the ones that we know of. And it took, you know, it was a massive amount of work to, to reach out and find. So I think good advice for new guys is, and Hector was exactly right back then, is, you know, at first you get into the, into the, the foreign stuff, and you're just blazing, right? You're just, you're just, you're like, you're like a kid in a candy store. But if you're not careful, if you, if, if, if you can burn out really fast, I've seen, you know, and, and even financially burn out. I've seen this, this part of the hobby almost ruin relationships, um, get people into lots of trouble financially. Um, you've got to really, really be sort of careful with, with that. Yeah. Um, so, it's 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 good as a new guy to like pick out a, a, a focus maybe at first just to get your feet wet um, because if you're not careful if you're just buying everything if you're just you know you'll find you'll, you'll find yourself kind of at at a, at a certain point going okay wait mm. what was I doing yeah yeah <laughs> you know what I mean yeah, yeah. Um, so it you know it's extremes both 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 extremes are valid. Um, but I, I do like what you say, Stephen. I need, I need to just wrap my head around it a little differently mm-hmm. and just go, no one's going to get mad if I, can't compl- if I can't complete the Spawn Night set in a certain amount of time. Oh, exactly. I'm not going right. to upset anyone. You know, I, just, 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 just think, Matt, you've got all the time in the world, haven't you? You're like, really? Yeah. yeah. So. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's like there's this pressure to, to build and, and complete and if you're not careful, you you will lose some of the fun, and and some of the uh, some of that magic. And that's mm. just something that I've noticed, at least for myself lately, um, as I as my focus is shift. I'm 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 trying to uh, not lose the magic. You know mm. what I mean, guys? Yeah, mm. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a good bit of advice. I have a slightly funny anecdote. Uh, it's. You know, it's not terribly often that you see foreigns uh, in the wild, as it were, maybe at a comic book convention or something like that. But uh, mm-hmm. I was uh, doing some political canvassing and I knocked on a door and I went into a foyer at this person's house. And just to the left of me, there was a couple Canadian 
um, Edition's Heritage, those in the books, like uh, No Way, Captain America, <laughs> the Hulk, and there were like you know four or five of them, and they weren't keys or anything like that. But uh, like my my focus immediately changed. I was like, Oh my god, you collect these? Like, whose are these? Right? And the woman <laughs> at the house was like, Oh, that's my boyfriend. And he came out and he was like, Yeah, I'm selling them or whatever. I haven't we haven't cut a deal yet. They weren't like keys or anything, but I'm like. I got to yeah. get these. Like, how often do I, it was like, yeah. it was like a mile from my house, right? It was something that I would have, you know, <laughs> bought on eBay or whatever. And like, it's amazing to find those things out, out in the wild, you know? That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are great stories. Did, did you ask that one important question? How much do you want for these? Uh, yeah, I, I, I added them on Facebook and we haven't cut the deal yet. Uh, or, 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 or alternately, what else you got? Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. That's right. I think I know everything he has. And I think I can save my shipping <laughs> by just picking them up, which is a plus for sure. Um, yeah, you just walk in, over there. Yeah, that leads me into a great. Uh, so let's jump into a few of the listener questions. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, you mentioned Robert, Robert Fordham. Um, he, yeah. he asked this question on the Comic Con scene. Has anyone had a great or bad experience with one of the creators or artists? I know, I know, Stephen, you've taken a lot of formal to get signed and stuff. Have you ever had like mm-hmm. something exceptional or something like uh, not not so great happen with any artists or, or creators? Uh, I haven't really had anything that was say not so great. They've all been pretty positive things. Other than sometimes you'll uh, put a foreign book in front of someone and they go and they'll it'll inevitably lead them to commenting something along the lines of. I don't think I ever got paid anything for this, you know? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard that too. Yeah, that, that, that would be, I would say, the only sort of any kind of a negativity that I would have gotten at, at all about them. Um, but generally speaking, most of the time when I'm putting them in front of them, they're just astonished. Because mm. 90, 90 plus percent of the time when you're putting a foreign comic here in America in front of one of these comic creators at a, at a show in America, 90 plus percent of the time they've never seen that book yeah mm, mm. there's a few different there's a few cases where that's not the case You're like oh, i remember one of these i've seen one of these before you know or something like that but most of the time they've never seen it so when you put them in front of them they're usually astonished they're you know they're like wow what is this you know where did this come from you know blah 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 and you know it's really neat because then you can you're almost like passing on passing on that foreign niche and knowledge and stuff onto the creators themselves and it's cool because i have these conversations with them about you know oh yeah these were printed this was printed this was done in italian or this was done over here in germany or whatever blah 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 and and a lot of times especially with the classic guys we talk about some of the 80s and earlier classic guys you know they'll make comments about you know yeah i knew that marvel had uh kind of license some other countries you know to do stuff with everything but you know i never really paid any attention to it, or i never really kept up with it or who was doing what or whatever i don't know what they did with that that was all the business of marvel i was just the artist doing my work you know um, yeah that kind of thing you know so a lot of this stuff they've never seen they kind of had a general idea that it was going on out there but again this stuff was made to never see the light of day for the most right. part over yep. here. So these guys, they didn't pay any attention to that. Whatever you do over there, that's the business of Marvel. I'm just doing my thing here. So yeah, two two yeah. follow-ups on that. Uh, and Matt, I'm sure you have some stories too, but since Steven's talking about it, two follow-ups. Have you ever, has an artist ever commented on any variations of the arts? Like it was either adjusted locally or cropped uh, domestically or any comment, or it was inked wildly different. Have, have you ever gotten any remarks regarding there, there's the, been the, yeah there have been there have been some instances like that yeah i mean i've had i've had some guys comment you know like there was one that i had that was a um 
uh, a Lebanon Lebanon edition of a Batman book, and the cover art is negative. It's reversed. Mm. Oh yeah, it's the same cover, but it's like if you turn the plate around the other way and printed it that way, so, <laughs> horizontally flipped. Right? Yeah, or yeah, because like in in the American version, the bad guy's on the right, and or, and Batman's on the left coming at him, and in this this version, it's the opposite. It's the same image, just reversed. Right. And uh, and I had put the I had taken that book with me to a show to get Joe Giella to sign because um, he had done work on the cover on that actual art and and he made a comment about that because when I showed him his first response was what in the world is this and then when I told him what it was he goes well they turned the image around <laughs> they, they turned the art around I was like yeah for some some editions in other countries they'll do that they'll change the coloring they'll flip it around they'll take an image from one book and an image from another book and put them together. I've got an issue right. that does that, you know, uh, really, yeah. just really weird stuff like that. And he, he made a comment about that. And I've, I've had a few instances like that. Yeah. So then the, the those second, are fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. So then the second part of that, and that, uh, again, I'll ask you to share if you have stories too. The second part of that would be if I was that artist, I would probably want a copy of that. When you bring it to them, they ever, you ever get like offers or like, man, I would love to get a copy of that. I've never gotten an offer for one where they say hey how much do you want for this? i've never had like that happen but i have mm-hmm. had one or two instances where they would be like you know well where did you get this or where did you and, find this i yeah. might try to find a copy of this one that's really neat blah 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 mm-hmm. and I, you know and then it's just kind of like well you just have to kind of do the digging it's not that easy you yeah. know you can't just go on ebay and buy it yeah i can't just say <laughs> here go to this website and you'll find it it just doesn't work that way you know yeah, yeah. that's yeah cool. yeah, yeah it's um, I think the probably the most interesting one related to altered art. You guys know the Super Amigos that we like to include in the two two seven set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's the Brazilian Super Amigos where they they took the maiden and the demon out and they put uh, Robin in there kicking mm-hmm. uh, like some random bad guy. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So I, I so I I took that book to show Neil and I had had this idea one time. Neil Adams. That Neil Adams. I'd had this idea that it would be fun to take that book, take it to Neil and have him draw in over <laughs> what the Brazilian publisher did using white, the demon and the maiden. And so I went and I presented this idea to Neil and he was like, Oh wow, they sure did. They removed. And, and so Neil <laughs> went on a rant, as you know, he go, he rants. Oh, yes. He went on a rant about how, you know, like like you guys were saying, uh, uh, especially you, Stephen, um, about how they were not given any royalties. They mm-hmm. were not given any kind. They, any any know, kind of kickback. Anything, anything at all. In fact, he was like, they didn't even bother to tell us half the time this was going mm-hmm. on. Um, but um, he was just so blown away that that the foreign publisher and Abril did some crazy shit over there in, in Brazil that they would just do that and. And we ended up not not working it out because even at that time, Neil's um, his uh, commission prices were pretty high, and I just didn't have mm-hmm. the money, mm. so I ended up not doing it. But um, but Neil got a kick out of it, and he loved the idea. And um, he, I think that if I had an extra just to send him, I probably should just buy because those those books are pretty cheap. Mm. I would love to just send it to him and say, listen. I have this idea of you altering the art back, but don't even do it for me. Just do it and auction it for charity or something. I think that would be a beautiful book in a slab. 
where where some of these artists go back into the the foreign pub and and alter the art to either make it look like more of the original or or whatever you know yeah, what that's, I mean? a, that's a great you guys um, screwed up my art i'm gonna make it right <laughs> yeah like go in and make it right or like you know a, a classic example would be that that hulk annual that Starenko, where oh, they yeah. altered the face mm-hmm. where marie severin altered the face it would be so fun to take that book to Starenko and somehow him figure out a way to make the face even angrier or something you know what I mean? <laughs> it, would, it would that would be really cool um as far as I will, I will, I will say this. I think when you're showing creators books that they've never seen, especially the old guys that are so jaded and seen everything, you know you're doing something right yeah. when you're doing that. Yeah. If there, if there, if anything, there is a verification that what we're doing, guys, is so fucking cool. It's when you can go into a creator that's seen everything mm-hmm. and show them a fucking book that they've never seen and get a rise out of them. I went and showed Mike Zek all my entire uh, limited uh, uh, of the Punisher uh, limited one. I went and showed Mike Zek and he was just like, oh, my gosh. Like he, he, he was blown away. He was like, can I get a picture of these? Can I do this? Can I do that? <laughs> so, so how, I mean, that even opens the door. Think about this, guys. It even opens the door that you as a collector, one of how many that they saw that day, mm-hmm. that, yeah, that, yeah. that if you were to tell them, you like this book? You know, what? I'm friends with Mike Zek on Facebook. I should be like, hey, Mike, if you want, let's, let's get you some of these. I'll help you get these. Blah, blah, blah. That, that puts you in mm-hmm. a completely different category of a collector. What we are doing is fucking awesome, and that just proves it. That's, yeah. yeah. I, sorry I sorry to go on a rant. Sorry. <laughs> I, I just think as the years go by, this hobby is this hobby. It's getting even cooler. I mean, from being a uh, a collection of disparate people, it feels like we've got a movement now. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. yeah and it's um, because... was just yeah. That was just my random thought for the day. Just popped yeah, out I, there. I appreciate it. It's true. Um, yeah, it's true. Yeah, and everyone listening yeah, yeah, too, is growing it, right? I'm sure everyone's got stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, Here's another question from I don't know if I don't know if any of us know this one, but maybe um, Ohm Roy is his name. Uh, foreign travel experiences and anecdotes buying comics, you know, not just over the internet. Have you been in person to foreign countries shopping? Have oh, I, I wish. Yeah, I have no. not. I have not. I have not no. either. Actually, no. It's, I, I do know uh, guys. Some guys have the guys that would really be able to speak to that. Are probably those Nordic guys like Morton and mm-hmm. Nadim because they travel all around that area and they they I'm sure that they go and hit the local comic shops all the yeah. time. I did a fair amount of traveling, but before I was doing this, unfortunately, it's one of those things I kick myself. I'm like, damn it! I was in Norway, I was in Africa, mm-hmm. I was in South America a bunch of times, and I didn't, I wasn't even this wasn't even in my realm of thinking at the time. Oh man! Imagine being in South America and going to an open air book market. I was, I was. It would have been so freaking awesome. I was. I just wasn't. And every time I see pictures of whoever that is, Sky Hot posting pictures in those markets, I was like, I was like, I was there, and I just wasn't shopping for these. Um, So here's another question from Dennis Gitlin: Um, How do you determine what's a good price, considering there isn't a price guide for foreign book? And then once you find and graded it, how do you determine price? Mm. That's a tricky one, really, as there's no um, 
there's no database for that sort of thing really um i would just say only pay what you're comfortable in paying you know yeah it really yeah. just comes down to what you're comfortable with but at the same time i would recommend just joining these groups joining these facebook groups join globo comico and uh foreign comic collector magazine and you know join these various uh, Facebook groups where there are lots of guys on there who have dealt with this for many years, you know, and just and, throw yeah. it out there. You know, when you see something, hey guys, I saw this. You know, what do you think about this? What is this a decent price for that? You know, because you know there there like there is no price guide. There's nothing to say what something is worth. You know, mm-hmm. and condition is a whole separate thing now from American books. In American books price is very much based on condition. With foreign books, yeah. price is based on condition is like the last thing it's based on right you know it's yeah. part of it but only a small part most of what it's based on is availability and yeah popularity. buying opportunity and buying opportunity and that just comes yeah. down you just have to know and if you don't know you know well i've seen copies of this book for 100 bucks i've seen guys i've seen these sell you know for 75 bucks you know but you know this guy's asking 300 dollars for something that i can probably tell you is really not that you know he's probably more like 100 125 mm. at the most you know, and that's the kind of information that's not out there anywhere for anything. Yeah. And your best bet is to just ask someone who knows. And I would just recommend joining the, those Facebook groups, the foreign comic Facebook. Yeah, mm-hmm. hit up people yeah. by PM. Yeah, because yeah. by PM. Because it's one of those things that's kind of in everyone's head. All the old school guys' head. We mm-hmm. we remember kind of the value of of books and what they what they've been going for, but but oftentimes it's just certain books too that people remember you know a random greek issue just pick a random greek spider-man issue of course if it's if it's the the 129 cover or the 300 cover or you know those are easy but like if you're gonna just look at your basic run-of-the-mill filler book mm-hmm. there's a couple things that you could do you could go to ebay and check check the past sales of the, some of those books because there is there's there's a there's what it's worth on kind of the broader international back issue market, and then there's what it's worth in its local indigenous place. If you know where to look, you can kind of see what it's worth in its local indigenous market by going to like let's say you were curious about a Swedish, say a Swedish uh, random Spidey back issue. You'd go to Tradera and you would look up and you would get an idea of the prices that the Swedes are selling that for, or you could contact Bjorn and just, you know, the, uh, someone we know from Sweden and say, Hey, I, there's this book. It's a random back issue, Swedish Spidey. The guy wants $35 for it. What do you think? And, and, and uh, a Swedish collector would say, well, on our market, it's this, you know, in America, maybe it's going to be priced differently. Um, that also goes, speaks to kind of the American eBay premium. If you're picking it up, on American eBay where it's nice and easy, there's going to be a premium because that, mm-hmm. that book very oftentimes had to, it's the cost for shipping it and getting it to America. If the seller is in America has already been paid mm-hmm. and there's some other associated costs in time. You know, the time is also, how do you put a, a monetary value on time? Mm-hmm. So I would also tell uh, uh, someone that was asking that question. There's a, there's a couple factors that you got to factor in. How long have you been looking for that book? Has it been a long time? Has it been a year? Has it been two years? Has it been three years? Um, you know, have you asked any of the old school guys what they think that book is worth, you know, relatively? Um, and if you've done all of that and you've gotten a couple answers, 
and particularly even if it's a little high, let's say it's it, it, let's say it's maybe a hundred or two hundred dollars more than you than you feel comfortable. But you've been searching for that book for two or three years and not had a buying op. Is two or three years worth two hundred dollars to you? Very often it is. Yeah. Very often. You know, it's like, uh, mm-hmm. Ken, I think you one time we talked about that where you were saying, have I overpaid for books? Fuck yeah, I have. Of course. Have I <laughs> of course Hell I yeah, have. I have. Yeah. So, so it's, you know, if, if, it's a, if it's a key, I know Dennis builds the, um, the hobby. What is it, 238? The first Hobgoblin? Is it 238, guys? I think it is. I think it is. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, I know that he got lucky he he was able to find an Icelandic copy. But let's say you're looking for the Icelandic copy and the guy wants 400 bucks for it. You've been waiting years to find that copy. Yeah, is an Icelandic copy probably more in the 150, maybe $200 range maybe, but are you willing to let it go because of that? It's 200 yeah. overpriced. Every collector has to ask themselves that question yeah. in this part of the hobby. What is it willing, you know, because unlike traditional collecting where you can pass on buying opportunities um, very easily, and that, you know, there's a price guide to it and you can follow the price guide or you can follow GPA, whatever. We don't have that structure here. It's because it's almost becomes more of a personal question to yourself. Yeah. Are you willing to let that book go for a perceived hundred dollar overpricing two hundred dollar overpricing that is only a question that you yourself can answer yeah yeah you know what i mean let me throw out this i'm sure you guys have all had this experience where there's a book you you have your eye on that's just just beyond that threshold that you're describing matt where you're like ah yeah maybe if it was a hundred dollars less i'd probably pull the trigger but at that price i can't and then you watch it you watch it you watch it months over months on ebay or wherever else right um, uh-huh. the price drops it never drops and then and then one day it's gone and then you never see it again right this is it this, yep. this is exactly yep. it. yeah yeah <laughs> yep it happens all the time and you know it's it's one of those things that yeah and you're like i'm gonna let it go i'm gonna let it go or 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 it can even be condition wise maybe it was the nicest copy of that specific foreign you've ever seen and it was still overpriced but then after that only rags come up for sale. You know what I mean? It's like, that is a tough, tough question, Dennis. And, you know, we've talked about this. It would be wonderful if we had a price guide or maybe not even a price guide. It would be wonderful if we had some place on the internet, maybe that had a password or something where we had a record, you know, recordings of past sales of certain books. Hmm. Yeah, that would be rad, but no one has been able to, to technically try to accomplish that yet. I mean, there was a thread the other day about just having a list of all the people in the group and their countries of origin and their contact information. We just need to create a Google Doc. I haven't had the time to fucking do that yet. So, like, you know, we just need to make a Google Doc where everyone can go in that's, you know, with a shareable link and you can put in your information and you can put in also what you're willing to do for, for, for others you know, I'm doing some reshipping for some foreign collectors right now um, in uh, uh, Italy and um, Denmark. So I have them send their stuff to my P.O. box. That are, that's American books that they want or books from here. And then I reship it to them. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to do that. And there's, there's, there's other foreign 
collectors, sourcers in these countries that are willing to do that. We just need to make that little Google Doc that has all our info and contact information on mm-hmm. it. And um, yeah, it's just it's hard with life and yeah, be a great yeah, network. I mean, you know, life gets in the way, doesn't it? It gets in the way. Back to that, yeah, it really it, does. Yeah, Back Mr. Bob, they're saying, you know, why isn't there something? Why isn't there something out there we can just go to and say this exists? There, that's what it is. This is what passed off and so forth, and blah 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 blah. And it's like, guys, it, it we're in this age of where everything is just there and it's just instant and it's just all here, and it doesn't exist with this. And the amount of work that goes into doing something like that is just massive. Phenomenal, yeah. It yeah. is unbelievably it's massive. massive. I mean, you would you could literally get a dozen people who focused on nothing but that, eight hours a day, forty days a week, and paid them a working wage wage to do it and it would take years it would still be a drop in the bucket yeah and that would still not be everything so it's just it's it's difficult and um you know if for me personally i've got a nine-year-old boy over here i'm in this age that he's in right now is like that prime want to hang with dad and dad is not an enemy daddy is my friend (laughs) right so i have to be i don't i don't i'm having a hard enough time just Ken, I don't know about as as our group has gotten popular. I'm having a hard enough time just keeping up with moderating the fucking group, <laughs> much less much less uh, create you know all you know a website and a wiki. And this is I a, don't, yeah, I, it is trippy. I mean, outside of um, you know our group, you know, we've all got other things to do as well, and we all have to hold down jobs. And you know what we do in the group is what we do in our spare time and everything else in our spare time. So yeah, it is tricky. So please, lovely listeners take that into account <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah the thing i'll say as, as far as cost goes too we were talking about cost a minute ago and um we want to we do want to talk about shipping a little bit so point the pin and put a pin in that so you know when yeah. you're looking at the cost of these pricey books like you were describing matt we do have to focus on shipping but then there's also the the um when you're looking at the cost of that expensive book is that going to cost me my relationship? Am I going to have to pay child support as a result of me buying this book? (laughs) Et cetera, et cetera. Right. But um, I'm just kidding, of course. But uh, so shipping, let's talk a little bit about shipping, right? So there's, there's a lot of new guys that come into the group and um, there's, uh, you know, we've all had horror stories of a book we've received from the other side of the globe that's just wrapped in newspaper or something, right. In a yellow envelope. Um, any, any, yep. any, you know, I guess just tips like how, you know, if you're, uh, if you're a new seller and you just joined this group and you're from, you know, wherever, Indonesia, you know, what, how, what's the bare minimum shipping, uh, uh packaging you would, you would, uh, demand advice. Don't, don't send anything in a clear polythene bag. Hmm. Has that happened? Yeah. That's happened to me, yeah. Oh, oh my God. I came, came from Argentina, and uh, all that was on it was the um, my address and the seller's address, and that was, you could see right through the bag, you could see the contents. No back oh, my board, God. Yeah, no protection, a little bit of sticky tape on the back to keep the, the plastic together. <laughs> super, super floppy. And I'm sorry to laugh, Kim. That's, that's dreadful, isn't it? It's a nightmare. It's a fucking nightmare. Actually, Matt, go through the post of today in our group. I've actually taken a photograph and I've put it up there because it's the first thing I did when I got this book several years ago. I could not believe it, so I just took a picture of it for posterity. Yeah, yeah, that's right, you did. And whenever, yeah, whenever I need to shame sellers who pack their books (laughs) like shit, I post this up. 
every time. It's dreadful. So yeah, there is that. Sellers, make sure you you package your books. Somebody spend money with you. Uh, yes. And buyers make sure to communicate with them yeah. and tell them, hey, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, okay, and that's another big mistake we can make, right? We're so used to American eBay stuff getting shipped like like it's in a vault. You have to remember that in a lot of these foreign countries, condition is not what it is for us. So yeah, they don't very care. nicely and very nicely tell them. And this is something this is a tip that was learned a long time ago. If you you know, uh, Tony Pomilla is a guy that used to do this all the time. He would tell him, listen, I know you said that shipping was this much, but I'm going to send you an extra 10 bucks because I want you to make sure this is sandwiched between two pieces of cardboard. Okay. And then the foreign seller would say, oh, really? What? Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. That's one of the and, biggest and, things and then, you can tell these buyers, man. Yeah. And then he, and then he says, no, I know it sounds crazy to you, <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, I will pay you. I will pay you an extra ten or fifteen bucks just so that you can send this properly. There's nothing wrong with doing that as long as you're going, as long as you're being nice mm-hmm. and you're not being a you know a dickhead. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you can say, hey, if if I pay you a little extra, can you just make sure it's sandwiched between two pieces of board? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a big. That's a big tip. Another one. Have the have them shoot a picture of it. So if it's a if it's a seller you've never dealt with before, you can say, "Hey, can you just do me a favor? Can you just shoot a picture of that to address?" Because a lot of people have ran into problems where it just wasn't addressed right, it's and it, and they yeah. the book has either gotten lost or it's mm-hmm. or it's gotten. I'll tell you right now. I just i i bought. Um, a, a Southeast Asia edition. Remember we talked about Filipino books and how, how crazy rare those Southeast Asia editions were. Mm-hmm. I bought one of those. It was, it was a semi-key. It was the first time Lex Luthor was called Lex. It's like adventure, Adventures. I forget what the number Two, is right off the top of my head. 240 Two, something. 240 Two. something. Um, I was, and I paid for the guy told me um, that the shipping was eight bucks. And I thought in my head, I was like, that seems cheap. Yeah. That seems too cheap. Um, but I just, I don't know why I did it, but I did it. The book never arrived, guys. Uh-huh. And I asked the guy, I was like, what the heck? What, what, what's going on? He said, and then he got back to me later and said, way long after the fact, guess what? They shipped it back. And I went, what? Mm. So I think it made it to America, got rejected at customs for some reason. Mm. Something in the addressing or something was wrong. Got shipped back to the guy. I, I had to, and I, I went back and I paid extra. I paid, I gave him 27 bucks to have it shipped a better way with tracking. And now I got the book, mm. yeah. but I, I didn't follow my own advice there. My gut was telling me that that was way too cheap to come from the Philippines. And I just let it slide. And look, I almost lost a, a freaking semi key Southeast Asia edition. Yes. Yeah. yeah so I that's, a, that's a biggie. Sorry. Yeah. The lesson there is. When you see the shipping price, you know, so we're so used to spending too much on shipping when it's too little, yeah. you actually have to like stop yourself and say, wait a minute, maybe it should be something a doesn't smell bit. right. Right. Mm-hmm. Instead of being like, yeah, it's only eight bucks for shipping. Woohoo score. Right. You got to actually like have a little bit of discipline to you know override that or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, I should have. Yeah. yeah, that's our mindset here, guys. You know, in America, is that you know we we argue and question why is it this much for shipping? Why is it that much for shipping? Shipping, shipping, and with foreign books, you better you better just expect it to be more costly for shipping mm-hmm. 
And if it's not more costly for shipping, big question marks need to be going up in your head. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Because yeah, yeah. you, you could lose it. And, and that, that, you know, getting them to shoot a picture of the address, you know, for all I know, that guy put my address on there wrong and it was mm-hmm. considered undeliverable. True. So True. that's a big tip. Ask first time you're getting shipment done with, with a, with a seller and, and you, you don't, you don't quite know, you don't have a history with them. Ask them to shoot a picture of the package, the two address, just to make sure that everything's good. That'd be another tip. And you'll find a lot of veteran sellers just do that automatically. Here's your package. I'm getting ready to send it out. Yeah. Yep. yep. Because they don't, they don't want to deal with that hat being lost. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, all, a lot of the veteran sellers do that, and thank thank gosh, godness for them because that that helps deal with a lot of the problems that could arise and yep. it's just mm-hmm. nipped in the bud. Yeah, here's an here's another listener question, friend question. That I, but I I want to springboard this onto a, a next episode. So I'm going to give you guys some homework here. If you don't agree, you got okay. Spring on you, but uh, uh, this is from our friend Maria Elisa. And she says, I would like you to talk a little bit about non-American characters, country of origin, first publication, et cetera. So what I'm going to propose is um, why don't the four of us kind of take a, a country or a region and each do a little bit of homework and come back and do an episode about characters from oh, yeah. respective regions. So yeah, yeah totally. Mm-hmm. I right. totally would love to do that. Oh, I already know my guy. Phantomus out of Mexico is my boy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna research him. <laughs> cool. So you, so let's just say you pick uh, Central America. Let's do it that way, and we'll each, you know, we let's do a couple characters. You don't have to go super researchy on all of them, but just get, you know, a bit of an overview. So let's, uh, we can do that offline. Figure out which regions we're gonna do it. Yeah, that'll yeah, be a Amer- great episode. Non-American characters from around the world. Maria, yeah, that sounds great. Maria, consider it a done deal. Yeah. <laughs> cool. You gave us a theme for an episode, Maria. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Here's another uh, question from uh, Chad Crow. Uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit with Doc Scott, but um, how do I find out how many copies were in print of a book from a particular country? Oh, yeah, that's a difficult Ooh, one. That's difficult. Yeah, I, I've actually asked that question from the, the main guy he published the publisher, I, I, I asked Alan Class that, uh, you know, how many books, or how many issues did you produce of each particular series? And he, he couldn't give me an answer. He'd forgotten. Mm. He didn't, yeah. know, didn't know at all. And, and a lot of the people that knew those answers are probably gone. passed away. They're gone. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about in the Filipino episode. We Remember, we speculated on the Filipino print runs. <laughs> and you can try to figure out the different <laughs> vectors. And it's it's... It's a t- that's a really tough question. Yeah, um, yeah, some some of that information is literally just lost. It's just lost. It's just I mean, lost. I I guess the best way, I guess the closest way to answer this is to do a very simple analysis of native speakers, country, you know, like so for instance, if you if someone were to speculate how many Star Wars ones did Junior Press do out of out of the Netherlands? Yeah, yeah. I would just look at the Netherlands as a country, and then I would look at how many Dutch speakers there are because there's other areas in Europe that have Dutch speakers, and I would extrapolate from that. So <laughs> I would say that um, what would be like say an average print run 
in America. So you would look at like, say star Wars one in America and Marvel. And how does that equate to the population of the reading, reading comic book, reading adults or kids in America, and then take that kind of extrapolation and then say, okay, well, let's just say there's, you know, how many people in the Netherlands, you know, 30 million or 20 million, or maybe that's too much. I don't know. And then, and then say, well, it'd be a percentage of that would probably be comic readers. So you could maybe extrapolate that way, but that's still, I mean, and some of it could just be looking at the publisher, you know, like, okay, this is the publisher, uh, the publisher do some research and find out, you know, well, the publisher was around from this year to that year. Okay, well, yeah. in in this year they started printing Daredevil, you know, let's say, and it, they came out with another issue every couple of months, you right. know. So, so yeah. again, like you say, extrapolate from that. Say, okay, they were around until here. They weren't a company anymore by this time. So, the most issues they could have made of a series would have been if they started there. Then every two months would have been this many issues, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But then they, and even that's not giving you the right answer most of the time. But at least gives you some sort of ground basis to work with. And, and, yeah. to, and to look just to look at like American printing. Like I used to work in the newspaper industry, and there's the ABC, American Bureau of Circulation, I think it is, right mm-hmm. where. You, if you're a publisher, you have to report your data to the ABC, and it's um, it's kind of a control board, so you're not inflating your numbers when you're selling advertising, right? So you're, it keeps you, uh, uh, legit keeps you honest, your, right, on your advertising sales. But you know, um, and those would be those would be draws versus sales. But in a situation like this, a lot of these foreign, like these books, don't all have advertising in, them, right? Assuming that even that country mm-hmm. has any sort of oversight body like the ABC does. And yeah. But they probably don't, you know, even beyond yeah. that, they, they usually don't have they won't. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it would be, they won't. it would be really, really difficult. I mean, maybe um, in some of these countries, you know, like in a, uh, maybe like Mexico might have some records in some office somewhere of what Navarro and La Prenza did. Yeah, and some dusty but filing God, cabinet. But yeah, some dusty <laughs> filing cabinet. Like the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> yeah, but how are we going to get, I mean, I, I don't know how we would access it. I, I, you know, I think the, another way would be to, is was the publisher fly by night or not? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. If, if it was a quick fly by night operation that, that only put out four titles in, in, in a span of two years, then there's a good chance because they weren't uh, a bigger publisher, like say Seamaker or something like that in, in the Nordic countries. There's a good chance their print ones were probably smaller, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Than oh, like yeah. a bigger company. So like if you're looking at La Prenza uh, back in the, the mid seventies, yeah, I'm going to assume that the La Prenza print runs were pretty big because they had a ton of titles and they were, they were putting stuff out for all of, of Spanish speaking uh central and south america as well so mm-hmm. you could somewhat extrapolate like that um i will tell you this though i i talk about extrapolating like that with italy all the time you know the the, the spider-man 300 that book you know the, the census is filled with them when you mm-hmm. think of italy and you think of the print runs that uh, marvel italia must have had in the little boot of italy yeah you know there's probably a hundred Spider-Man 300s to every one Italian. 
Do you know what I mean? Right. So I can't give you specifics. It, specifics are impossible. But oh, yeah. we can we can kind of toy with some of the ideas and probably get a, a somewhat rough uh, idea. realistic, yeah. rough idea of what we think some of these countries did do. Good yeah. question. Just I no way to mean. answer it. Yeah, another way you might look would be what else did they publish? So I'm assuming yeah. you know, they publish other periodicals, magazines. Maybe there's a way to track down you know, print runs of those, and that would give you, you know, at least a value uh, that you can another use. vector to use. Yeah. Yeah. And so, cool. You know, well, I think they, they, these are some of the questions. Again, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. No, I'm just uh, thinking these are some of the things that uh, we can ask in future episodes. Some of our international guests that come on, people actually you know, have feet on oh, the yeah. ground. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. That that mm-hmm. that's good, and then that brings me to. Um, to a, a, another question i would love to i would love to do an interview show with some of our european members um that some of them speak really good english um we need to definitely plan something like that out i think that would be i i would love to to hear like say from from bjorn or claus or nadim or um mm, mm. um morton um i'd love to hear what comic books in their country what it was like for them. Do you know what I mean? Or, you know, Stéphane Poitras would be uh, another one, the French Canadian, the EHs. Mm-hmm. What was it like going and buying EHs off the stands? And um, I, I, I think there's some fascinating stories in there, guys, that we definitely need to, to get. Yeah. So man, if, I'd love JF to be on the, on the show at some point. JF too. JF yeah. is a wonderful guy. Um, Cecilio, I, 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 I was, I got drunk the other night, was talking with Cecilio and uh, he was telling me some crazy stories about just comic books over there in Mexico. And these guys have some, some real, real knowledgeable stuff to discuss with us. Um, and I think we need to, we definitely need to plan out a show where we invite maybe one or two or three of them and just, just run with it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Awesome. Well, so for the next episode, we're going to do the uh, international or foreign non-American heroes by region. So we'll sort that. Yes. The next episode. Yeah, cool. I think that will be great. Right. Awesome. Very cool. Um, and we can, yeah, we can figure out offline who's who's taking what, so we don't overlap and stuff. And we'll, it'll be like a bit of show and tell. It'll be cool. Yeah, um, that'll be fun. Cool. Awesome. Cool. Uh, anything else we want to hit on this episode? We're coming up on about an hour. I think we're. I think we hit it, covered a lot of ground. It's good to reconvene with you, gentlemen. Oh, absolutely. Um, I did want to say, I did want to say um, uh, that uh, John Z was on Nico Time last night. He did, he did a, a really cool interview. So people should should catch that. Um, it's like interview with Nico YouTube show. But they did discuss how amazing the 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 group was and how how it's different than a lot of the other facebook comic groups there's a lot there's a lot of strife and negativity in a lot of the other groups mm-hmm. that we just don't have and i just want i just want to call out cuz maybe we don't realize it cuz i'm not in a lot of those other groups i spend all my time in the foreign <laughs> yeah. i i just i just want to call out to everyone that's listening and everyone that's part of our community you know, you're all a valuable member of that and we're growing it and we're growing it the right way with positivity and people helping each other. This is awesome as far as I'm concerned. This has really made the hobby just so wonderful for me, being a part of this community and and people that care and love and, and we're doing it all without, you know, we're not 
you know, we're just doing it our way. And it's, I just want to call out how awesome that is. You're here. Yeah, and there's yeah, cooperation. Yeah. yeah, there's cooperation rather than competition. There's, uh, you know, oh, I think uh, so and so is looking for that book. It's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. wonderful. We don't, we don't need support, any of that. Support negative. lifting up instead of putting down and all that. Exactly. Kind of stuff. We don't need none of that negative crap. Yeah. No. 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 We don't at all. Let me throw this out to you guys. So I was trying to do this on the end of each episode. I didn't put a call out to listeners, but give me a book that you're hunting. What's on your uh, um, your list, uh, Matt? Go first. Right now, right now, any Spawn Nine, uh, but the biggie would be I've got a line on it. I just got to get my funds together. Uh, the the Battle Axe Press Spawn Nine Angela um, is a biggie, biggie, biggie because um, getting shit out of South Africa. It's hard. Um, and you're not, it's not that they're necessarily that rare. It's just it's hard to get it. Yeah. I met someone. You lucky little shit. <laughs> I just met so someone from South me. Africa and I gave him a full earful. Like, when you get back in country, you got to let me know if you know any comic book collectors. Right? So, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> hey, by the way, by the way, Matt, you know how I got my copy? How? My big bro found it at a show up in Philadelphia. Oh, <laughs> you found it out in the wild easy? Literally lucky found it in the wild at a show. Sent me a picture, said, hey, check this out. I'm like, buy it. <laughs> you lucky. That's Tim Bildhauser, lucky bastard. <laughs> cool. How about you, uh, Ken? What are you, what's on your hunt list? What's, uh... Uh, my major one for now, it's just got to be um, Amazing Stories of Suspense, issue number one by Alan Class. It has to be. It's got to go, go for the biggies first. I'm getting right. there. I'm, get, I'm getting the number twos, fours, five, sixes, but I want number one of that title. Cool. That's for that's me, the one for me. Yeah. Wow. Uh, for me, I'm looking for the Power Man. I think it's a Yaffa print from Australia, like the number one cover. Um, it might be Newton. I think it's. Yeah, I can't remember which one it is, but there's an Australian version of that. That. Uh, oh, it's Yaffa. Yeah, I think yeah. it's Yaffa. It's like colored it. differently. Yeah. It's yeah. Like a yeah. Re- it's almost. It's almost redrawn, isn't it, Eric? Uh, I noticed the colors were off. I didn't get a good enough look to see if the art was. Oh, it's that. It's that same pose that we know, Luke Cage one, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's what I'm looking for. How about you, Fleas? What are you looking for? Uh, well, I always look for my Marvel 25th for yeah, many country yeah. anywhere that I can find. But I would say probably as far as a single book that I've always kind of had my eye on or trying to get. Um, I would like to get a copy of the uh, editions heritage of. Uh, the first Taskmaster with the blue cover. Oh yeah, uh, that's a cool those one. Those are around. You see them around. There's even one on eBay right now. I think it's a graded five O CGC graded. You know, it's like not that bad price wise, like mm. 120 bucks. But I'm really trying to, and and this is, and I know I'm I'm all about getting having the book and not worrying about condition. However, <laughs> I really would like to find a copy of that book in like 8.5 or better mm. kind of condition. And that's tough. Right on. Yeah. That's yeah. tougher. But I would really would like to try to find one that is like 8.5 or better. Um, I would feel more comfortable about the money I'm putting into it um, if I could find a copy that was nicer, a little on the nicer side of condition, right. yeah. person, personally. So, uh, listeners, friends, if you know of any of those books, please comment below and do us a solid and we'll track them down. And if you're hunting for a book, comment and we'll call it out on the next episode, too. Um, yeah. So let's give uh, plugs. Ken, KenWorthing.com. Where can people find you? What do you have coming up? They can find me there. But I'd also just like to just mention I've got a, a YouTube channel which I'm trying to trying to push. 
which is named, it's a snappily named um, Ken's <laughs> Comic Book Channel. Cool. As, as simple as and, that. <laughs> and you more, do awesome videos, Ken. Thank you, mate. Thank you. You're more likely to yes, get me on my you YouTube channel than uh, get me on my uh, standard website. I am treat my standard website as just like a show and tell, you know, enjoy the covers and whatnot. If you actually want to physically kind of talk to me, go to my YouTube channel. I'm always there. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, Stephen, where can people find you? Uh, I do TGR Comics, TGR Comics. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm an approved uh, signature facilitator for CBCS Comics. So I go around to a lot of shows. I get a lot of books signed for customers and for people. If you ever want anything signed, I can help you out. You know, I'm also on uh, Instagram at Bago Fleas, B-A-G-O-F-L-E-A-S. <laughs> uh, you can find me there as well. Uh, so, yeah. Cool. And Define Triple Nine, Mr. Matt. Global Define Triple Nine. Where can people find you? Global Safari. Yes. Um, I do a show with John Z on Global Comic Safari on YouTube. Uh, we are doing tonight Yay. the Swamp Thing one. <laughs> it's not a big set. You know, it's not a big set, but the books are are gorgeous um so we're gonna shoot that tonight our, our shows usually drop on tuesdays you can also find me at define 999 on instagram and i'm always on the group floating around i'm you know i a couple people have hit me up uh through pm i still haven't gotten to all my pms um so if, if you're waiting on me just cut me a little slack because i'm trying to prepare for all these shows it's it's a lot of work doing doing the podcast yeah Doing the YouTube, I can as I'm sure you know, doing a YouTube channel. Hell it's yes. a lot of work. Hell man. yes. There's <laughs> um, so everyone cut me some slack if I don't get back to you as quick <laughs> as I would like. Um, but yeah, definitely check out the the Global Comic Safari. I, I you know, I, I'm I'm pretty excited about doing these set shows. They're just a lot of fun. They're, they're great. I look forward to watching. Yeah, they're great. Day. They are. They are. Oh, they are really fun to watch. And you're, and, you know, it's, uh, you're like seven episodes in. This will be episode eight. Is that right? I think yeah. so. We only Thank count you. the episodes, the numbers, if they're a set episode. But then um, we're doing some other stuff. And that brings me to this point. We are going to have a um, – so once a month we're doing on that show a uh, uh, like March pickups shows. So I want to have our – podcast show i want to have all of you guys on a global comic safari show and i'm thinking about it being maybe the april pickup show <laughs> and we'll get all of us in there and um we usually shoot sunday nights but i'm gonna see if i can get john to uh to, to we can shoot it like the same time that we're doing now so yeah. that we can all be on board and uh you know That'll be fun, and we'll just show the pickups that we have for that month. Interesting. And talk yeah, about yeah. them, and just a way to cross promote. Because um, I love both. I love both the podcast and the show, and I think we can do some cross promotion that'll be fun. And any of our listeners that have ever wanted to see <coughs> our beautiful faces will be able to see them. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, where can people find Global uh, Comic Safari? It's on YouTube, right? What's on the... YouTube? Just search Global Comics uh, Safari. You should find yeah, it. just search Global Comics Safari. It'll come up. We're on the. We're part of the Tales uh, CBSI family, so we're a channel within the CBSI uh, Comic Invest yeah. uh, group of shows. Awesome. It, it, we're the only thing close to Global Comics Safari. So awesome. just look that up. You'll find us. Cool. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, guys, for doing this again. I'm. I enjoy every one of these episodes with you guys. This is an. This is an awesome treat. Uh, and if you if you like what you hear, leave us a rating, a review, ask us questions, 
happy to engage you. So, uh, yeah, thanks, everyone. Yep. Thank Thanks you. Everyone. Thanks for listening Thank in. You. And uh, good to be with my brothers again. Fantastic. Oh, yeah.